All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. There is a lot to break down from the big announcement yesterday from Premier John Horgan. Good morning. And good morning, Simi. And do you know where you'll be and what you'll be doing in 2030? Well, I just hope I'm still here. Not, And I don't even mean here like at work. I just mean on this earth. That's all. If we're spared, as the old <laughs> yes. expression goes. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> Since we're worrying about climate change today, maybe we should be thinking more about if we're spared. But um, yeah, so Premier John Horgan and a whole bunch of validators and supporting cast out yesterday with phase two of the government's climate action plan rushed out a little bit, I would think, Sammy, because of the big climate conference coming up next week. Um, very ambitious plan, lots of targets. But also a lot of stuff where you go, well, we're going to need to see more detail on this. Some of this is still being negotiated. It's not really surprising. Governments work on a four-year electoral cycle. And if you're John Horgan, sometimes you try to short-circuit that as well. So you go, uh, 2030 is the, the big set of targets. That's, what, two more elections away and then you get to, here's what we're going to be doing by 2050, and you go, geez, if, even if all goes well, will any of us be here to talk about that one, except maybe our children and grandchildren? Exactly. So <laughs> they laid out this whole big plan yesterday. Uh, it's very ambitious. Yeah. Yeah, it is very ambitious, and it, it it is going to mean huge changes. Even the stuff that is locked in to some degree... Um, here's one that really jumped out at me, and I was thinking about this one. So they told us what the target is for um, the carbon tax, and it's going to add 25 cents a liter to the price of gasoline by 2030, which is a pretty big jump. But then you go, well, wait a minute. They're also telling us that by 2030, if you're buying a new vehicle, a a car or a small truck, it's going to be zero emissions. It's going to be like electric. So you're going to even care what the price of gasoline is? Yeah. Um, Same with home heating. Uh, You know, home heating prices are going to go up for sure. Uh, They're even going to make it hard for you to heat your home with natural gas going forward. But they're also reducing the carbon content in fuel, and there's going to be incentives to switch to electric home heating. So you go, well, is this really going to affect me all that much that way? And the plan is full of things like that. It's like a big waterbed where this bit is going to go up, (laughs) this bit is going to go down. It's really hard to say how this is actually going to work out for you individually, except I think if you put it all together, there are going to be some huge challenges making all this work. You just dated yourself on. That was peak 1970s right there with the waterbed reference. You know, I'm kind of hoping hoping to be around in 2030 to be uh, rolling out my cheesy metaphors and uh, weird cultural references to things that happened in the 1960s. <laughs> so true. Uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, all the different things available. So I recently switched to renewable natural gas for my right? house. And yeah. there's a waiting list for this, apparently. Yeah. I'm learning all this. But when you do this, if you do make that switch, uh, you do pay a little bit more for the actual renewable natural gas, but guess what? You don't pay the carbon tax anymore. Yeah, no, that's true. So I would say, you know, and people can go and look at the plan and see all the different bits and pieces, but to me, the two biggest challenges in making this work are, 
First of all, affordability. Um, a lot of this is going to, I think, drive up the cost of things, uh, it, especially if, uh, you know, you live outside Metro Vancouver. You know, they want people to take public transit more. Well, get real. You're not going to be taking public transit in a lot of communities outside Vancouver and Victoria. That's right. Um, they want people as I say, to be heating their homes uh, in a greener way. Well, in parts of the province where you lose use a lot of home heat, it's not clear. They, uh, that's going to be more expensive. So they say, well, yeah, but we're going to make, you know, we're going to offer incentives and we're going to offer uh, rebates and, and credits and all that. So, okay, that's a challenge. Um, the other one that is really unresolved is we are a big, still exporting province. We depend on sending stuff to other places in the world, raw materials and some manufactured goods and so forth. And we need to be competitive. And they say they're going to make sure we're still competitive on that front. They say that the whole world is shifting and investors want to know you're greener. They want to know you're a low carbon, low emission economy. Um, I'll have to be persuaded they're going to be able to keep that commitment. I think it's going to be a huge challenge when we know there are places in the world where they're not nearly as enthusiastic as we are about low carbon. So is, is our, our industries are low carbon, maybe high cost because of it. Uh, are they going to be able to compete with other jurisdictions or are those jur other places going to say, well, you know, it's cheaper to buy from somewhere else. I think that's going to be a huge challenge. Okay, so there's that. Also, they moved up some dates too, right? They yeah. moved up the for the electric vehicle situation. Yeah, yeah, they moved it up. It's interesting on that one. We asked them about that, and they said, "No, no, we, you know, we're we're persuaded that the uh, the automobile and truck manufacturing industries are." on track to switch to uh, low-emission, zero-emission vehicles, and we think those vehicles will be available. So, you know, if you have a used car, there'll, be, there'll still be a used vehicle market. But new vehicles, um, yeah, 90% uh, zero-emission by 2030 and 100% uh, by 2035, and they insist that can be met. Well, We'll see, but, you know, they say, uh, check out the industries around the world. They're all switching to this, and they think the vehicles will be there on the lots by the time the targets kick in. Okay, so lots to talk about with that. We'll have more discussions as well in the next couple of days. Oh, the Green Party situation was interesting on this. Yeah, so you track the, the, the validators and the reaction and see how it's going on it. So... Sonia Furstenau, the current leader of the Greens, uh, hit them pretty hard on this. She said they really didn't do anything on weaning British Columbia off fossil fuel production. And she's mainly talking about LNG and the big terminal under construction up in uh, Kitimat and the natural gas pipeline and all of that and production of natural gas. She said, you know, uh, the globe needs to be shutting down fossil fuel expansion right now and British Columbia is expanding it. So she said, you're really not there at all on this. Uh, so then one uh, remembers a fellow named Andrew Weaver, who oh, yes. was <laughs> first in O's predecessor as uh, Green leader. I know he left the party, but he's still out there on social media, and uh, he's just gushing enthusiasm about this. I uh, think it's great. Uh, it, 
as only Andrew Weaver can do, blasting everyone who disagrees with him. I'm a client sign, climate oh, scientist. Boy. You're not. So what the hell do you know? Um, <laughs> one of the reasons he was one of the most quotable politicians in our time is Weaver, of course. But uh, I was thinking if you could get the two of them in the same room or on the same uh, couple of phone lines, it'd be really interesting to hear uh, the current and the former Green uh, leader yeah. debating this plan. It certainly would be. Also, on a just quick note here as well, so I understand that the chief security officer is, is warning kind of government staff members about protests? Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, an information bulletin from the government's chief security officer uh, warning government managers and staff to be on the lookout, be on the guard for escalating protests at government offices, the legislature, MLA offices, and so forth. Related to, and this is his words, pipelines, logging, other natural resource issues. So, you know, security officers don't tell you why they put these warnings out, and uh, I wouldn't presume to know either, but there are a couple of hints in there, and one of them is this continuing standoff over the coastal gas link pipeline in northern British Columbia. You may remember almost two years ago mm-hmm. that standoff led to the legislature being surrounded and rail lines. And uh, I took this warning bulletin from the chief security officer as, uh, you know, they're, they're warning people, uh, secure your facilities, don't let people in the buildings be prepared for protests. I guess we may be headed that way. This may be just putting something on the radar screen about what's next. We will see. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun there. As you can tell, lots to talk about, especially with this clean energy program that was announced by Premier John Horgan yesterday. The electric car, part of that is also really interesting. We'll be talking more about that on the show tomorrow.